Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, innovation for the blind. Think about what's happening in the world of technology. Everything is going online. So if we deprive people with disabilities, that accessibility, we take away their independence. We're here with Tony Cancelosi. He is the CEO of Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind an organization that is helping and has been helping people in this region for 117 years, providing some very innovative approaches. And innovation is a big thing for all of us these days. Tony, first of all, thanks for joining us. And let's start with Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. It's a great organization. Tell us a bit about it. Well, the Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind was formed in May 17, 1900. And it was formed by individuals who were caring about children who were losing their sight or have lost their sight. And they felt that, what are we going to do with our children when we pass on? We need to give them independence. We need to give them skills so they can fend for themselves. And jobs were the initial caring part of the formation of the Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind. And you could hear all the stories you want about caning chairs and uh pot scrubbers, making pot scrubbers, and menial kinds of jobs. As we evolved since 1900, we've now come into a world of technology, utilizing technology to give people who are visually impaired and blind and deafblind and other people with disabilities technology that they can use to communicate, to navigate, and to share among with other individuals that are sighted. So we're, com- we're coming to a point where there's common ground. It's interesting to me that there have been a lot of conversations about the digital divide from a standpoint of access to broadband for less uh, uh, wealthy regions or access to computers in many cases. But this sounds to me that we're now facing a different type of digital divide, which is the sighted or the pe- people who are not disabled technology can make things a lot more immediate. But so, for example, booking a reservation in a restaurant. Well, this this is a very topic that we are working with. Through technology and assurance of accessibility, we have been working where there's a 508 compliance that the federal government follows. And this is something that government must have so people could access their websites that are visually impaired or blind or people with disabilities. So we've taken on that charge and won some grants, and we've created a way to look at websites with a special tool that we have and make them accessible for people with disabilities. So that what we're doing is guaranteeing person that's visually impaired or blind or deafblind or any other disability to access that restaurant, just like you and I, going online. Because if think about what's happening in the world of technology. Everything is going online. Everything's being accessible. You know, everything you do today, you can make reservations, you can do whatever you want online, order, you know, Amazon, whatever you want to do. So if we deprive people with disabilities, that accessibility, we take away their independence. We absolutely do. It, the other thing that strikes me about technology, uh, I've had a number of conversations recently with, say, Hopkins uh, Applied Physics Lab. You know, they're working on technology now with Facebook to do thought conversion to text and various things around neuroprosthetics, the Navy Research Lab a number of years ago uh, developed an artificial retina that goes in the back of the eye. Oh, absolutely. That helps blind people actually see for the first time. Uh, and does and are you starting to see technology, not just from standpoint of helping accessibility, but also actually help bring back 
capacities or take advantage of people's uh, inerrant talents and bringing them into the workforce in new ways. Absolutely, because what we're trying to create are job skills that we can create through using technology to train individuals who are vision impaired, blind, or deafblind. Uh, we have a program uh, called Digital Data Scanning, where we can scan documents with people who are visually impaired and blind. We have the skill and the technology to train them to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but now that creates a job for them, and that job will pay more than double the minimum wage. So we're creating the opportunities and not giving them uh, what I would call the lack of opportunity. We're giving them the opportunity. So technology is a very important part. But the fundamental basis of what we do, we have to give them the interpersonal skills, the training skills, the independent living skills, and the orientation mobility. So we've got to build the base so once they have that skill. So when someone loses their sight, if you, if you were sighted and now you lose your sight, you have to relearn how to do everything you were doing before. We provide those services, independent living skills, orientation, mobility, uh, and computer training. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. One of my friends, a dear friend, said to me one day, I need to talk to you. My executive assistant is going blind. I don't want to lose her. What do I do? Well, we came in and put a whole workstation together with technology, and she's still working there. That's a great story. I love hearing stuff like that. And I don't think we hear enough of it. And I wonder, does it frustrate you? Because it frustrates me that in areas like dealing with the aged disabilities like blindness and others, people don't want to talk about it. It's almost like just we live in this constant. Is it that people just want to deny the bad things happen? Or what is it? Well, I think we all want to believe that everything is perfect. Everything is well. Everything is going to be good the next day. And the reality is we don't know what the next day is going to be. So we treat it like the day before. So for us, we're trying to give people the ability to know what's out there for them to access. And the technology, I'll give you another example. We've been working with uh, Metro to come up with a way for people who are visually impaired and blind to navigate Metro. Uh, We've done 11 stations so far. Now we're installing what we call iBeacons. And I don't know if many people know what iBeacons are, but these these little things that uh, Starbucks use and a couple others, and they send out messages to your 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 iPhone saying, "Come in for a, and have a hot cup of coffee." What we're doing is we're navigating people through the metro system, so they can get on at Gallery Place, get off at the ballpark, go to the ballpark, go to their seat, and then be able to navigate to the men's room, ladies' room, or to a food stand. But the bigger part of that is evacuation. The other aspect of people with disabilities is that we have to be more conscious about evacuation in buildings and and stadiums and so forth. So technology is surrounding us. Even with the new Echo, we're working with someone who, uh, his mother is 87 years old, going blind. He worked for Microsoft for 18 or 20 years. And I just talked to him on the phone five minutes ago. And he created through Echo and downloading all the stuff from the cloud so that his 87-year-old blind mother can have technology. Incredible. That's a terrific story. And Tony, it's a great reminder that technology can divide us or bring us together or, or help us. Columbia the Lighthouse for the Blind is a great resource in the D.C. region. Thanks a lot for taking the time and talking with us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. Today's podcast is brought to you by Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation. 
MCEDC, helping companies start, grow, and accelerate business in Montgomery County. The future starts here. Go to thinkmoco.com today. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online contributors are Michael Hoffman, Barbara Ulrich, and Candace Pye. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.